Welcome to this week's podcast. My guest on Facing the Canon is Lou Fellingham, singer, songwriter, and lead worshipper. Lou Fellingham, welcome to Facing the Canon. Hello. It's great to have you on here and uh, great to have this opportunity to hear a little bit about your own story. You were born in Australia. I was actually, yes. I was born in Brisbane, Australia. And uh, my mum and dad moved out there. They were 10 pound poms. I don't know if you heard of that. Yes. They were those people. And um, they got married and they decided they wanted an adventure. So they went out to Australia to start a life out there. And uh, then they had me, which was an adventure. So. <laughs> and how old were you when you came back to England? Um, well, we came back one time when I was nearly two. I had my sister Emma. Then we went back to Australia, had Sarah. And then we came back to England when I was nearly six I think it was so I remember quite a lot about it now it was around that time that you actually had an encounter with Jesus yes I did tell us about that yeah well I was five years old and I was sat on the bed one evening I was having quite a lot of nightmares as a child and um, my mum decided to read me um, stories from the bible the parables and then we got to the bit about Jesus dying on the cross and I thought wow, I really want to know who this guy is. She kept it in very simple terms, you know, the things that you do wrong, like stealing or telling a lie or taking one of those biscuits from the cookie jar. Um, you know, well, there's there's a, a punishment for that, but actually Jesus has taken that for you. And so I was like, I want to know who this guy is. Um, so I remember very clearly giving my life to Jesus at that point, yeah. You obviously always loved singing. Yes. Um, when did you know that you had quite a gift and an ability to do that? Um, I think I decided when I was seven that I wanted to sing and tell people about Jesus through singing. So I grew up, we came back to England and we went to quite a traditional Baptist church and then a different kind of churches that we were involved in and they would have a ceremony at the end of the year where you would get presented some sort of reward for how many times you went to Sunday school and I began to sang, sing sorry, at the front of the church. Uh, at that point I started singing two-part harmony with a few of my friends and yeah I think I just there was just song inside of me and I love to tell people about Jesus and so those two things Um, we're supposed to come together. (laughs) But you obviously had confidence even as a young girl. (laughs) I guess so yeah probably more confident then than I am now at times. Um, I think it just I was passionate and I just I just knew that was what I was supposed to do um, which is quite unusual. Absolutely Um, at such a young age but later on you joined Youth for Christ and uh, did you spend a year with them? I did a year out with them um, called The Vocal Band and we would go into schools we would set up our PA and our songs for the day and we would teach the kids about um, the gospel and then do some songs for them as well so we did that for a year and then I I did some temping just because I knew I was meant to sing but I didn't quite know what was going to come next and then I got an invitation to come down and audition for a band called Fatfish in Brighton and um, at that point I'd begun to get a bit of insight into um, worship and songs being more than just standing up singing a song through twice and sitting down which had been my experience for most of my life and was genuine passionate authentic worship Um, but I got a taste that there was something else that we could discover in our singing and um, 
And so I, I was sat in front of Dave Felling and my now father-in-law, and I thought, there's no way there's room for me to sing in this band. But I really want to know more about worship, and you're the guy. And also you told me that, that the band is going to go into pubs and clubs and be salt and light in that, and I love doing that. I love telling people about Jesus in that way anyway. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to move to Brighton. So that's how that, that part of the adventure began. You are a lead worshipper. Yes. Uh, so you've been leading worship for how long? How did it move? How did you do the fat fish and lead worship and combine the two? Um, well, I think firstly, if, if how can I say this? So if you're on stage and you're you're involved in worship, I would say that everybody has to be a lead worshipper. And then I would say that if you're on stage and you're a lead worshipper in any shape or form, when you're in the congregation, you need to be a lead worshipper there too. You need to be authentic, whether you're on the stage or in the congregation, wherever you might be. Um, but for me, the journey kind of grew as I spent time with Dave, with Stuart Townend. Um, and when we first arrived in 1994, the band formed. We were going to pubs and clubs, writing funk music um, with 24-minute riffs at the beginning <laughs> before we even started the song. Um, but then we were also involved in our local church, um, leading worship on a Sunday. And then in 1994, there was uh, an event called Stony Bible Week that we got to participate in as the worship band. And at that point, I was really kind of the, the hymn singer. So if there was a hymn to be sung, I would be wheeled to the front and I would sing it and then I would be wheeled back again. Um, but it was really a special time because I think um, there was a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit and um, there was a f kind of a, a renewed, fresh outpouring of the Spirit across the whole church, wasn't there? There was a, the, what was called the Toronto Blessing. Absolutely. And, um, and we were... Um, part of being caught up in that moment. And so that was incredible, you know, back-to-back -back meetings throughout the year and seeing God move in incredible ways. And then we got to travel and lead worship and do and see amazing things, see God move in mighty ways. And so um, I guess I, I just regard myself, what I do now is just a, an ongoing part of what I've always done, really. Um, so worship, Lou, what is the essence of worship and why is worship so important? <laughs> what a deep question. Um, well, I think the thing is all of us worship something. Um, every, every human being worships something. They have something at the core of, of what they're interested in, they're passionate about, they focus on, they wake up thinking about, they go to bed thinking about. Um, my son, for instance, might occasionally feel that way towards his Xbox or his phone. Um, but actually, we are called as human beings to have God, our triune God, at the centre. And so... Um, Worship is about centering our affection on him and glorifying him. He calls us to do that through the Bible, um, through you know passages in scripture that encourage us to sing, make music, fix your eyes on him, you know, live for him. It's it's an encounter that you have on a Sunday in a church congregational setting and it's a it's something that you want to do in your everyday life, but it's not just singing, it's actually about giving your whole self and saying, I'm going to die to myself and I'm going to live for you and make you the center. Um, so worship is essential for us as human beings because we get to love, adore our creator. And then in turn, we somehow get blessed, which is amazing. But you've um, you've released a number of um, CDs full of your songs. Yes. How many CDs have you released? Or 
albums? Um, I think I think I've got eight Lou Fellingham albums nice. and we probably did 13 or 14 maybe more Fatfish albums um, so quite a few quite I mean few. I'm a bit you, long in the tooth a, really quite a, yeah. um, so <laughs> amongst the, the Lou Fellingham songs yes. do you feel that there's one or two songs that stand out from the rest well I think all when it, when you do an album you know you're on a journey with these songs so quite often individual songs when they come together they will give a bigger picture of something and so one album might be more pastoral one album might be more uh, gospel focused um, one album might be more about the church um, for this album that you just showed there made for you we recorded that live in 2019 and um, we got 400 people in a room and we worshipped and I think for me the joy is capturing the sound of the, the body worshipping as well people coming together and singing together um, those are the best times actually when I don't have to do anything and the people worship and I just kind of every now and again throw a little pointer oh let's go over here oh let, that's the best um, and so for me when we were recording that bring it all to Jesus was a key song um, I'd written that for somebody that I love dearly that was struggling with their mental health and their well-being um, and I just wanted to encourage them look you can bring everything to Jesus nothing has to be hidden nothing has to be in secret you don't have to be feeling like this alone actually he says bring it to me because I've dealt with all of it and and so for me writing songs like that has been really key um, on that song Wonder of the Cross just tells the full story of, of the gospel of what happened when Jesus came and gave his life for us um, Miracle or Not is a strong song I love story songs so this was written for somebody who uh, is still struggling with um, sickness and is waiting for their miracle and I think sometimes in Christian settings we can be so full of faith that we don't give permission for those moments where people uh, need to just confess feeling like how long Lord how how long am I going to have to hear someone else has a baby and I don't have that baby how long Lord till you know I get my healing in some way um, or, I, or I, I feel you but actually I know that you love me um, so that song was written out of that story um, trusting the miracle maker not the miracle itself so stuff like that yeah absolutely Lou, I know I'm going to put you on the spot, but would you sing us one of your songs? Oh, no. Sing one of your songs. I know we haven't got hundreds of people here, but we've actually got tens of thousands tuning in. What song would you like me to any, sing, John? Any one that wells up within, us, within you. Um, well, I'll sing the chorus of that song. Beautiful. Shall I? Yes, please. Um, as long as it takes for my heart to find its song. As long as it takes to know that hope is never gone And at the end of the day I will stand right here and say I know that you love me Miracle or not Beautiful, Lou. Be absolutely <laughs> totally beautiful. But there is, there is real power um, in worship. Yeah. Uh, it's like we're worshipping the Lord, the creator of the universe, mm. but, but it reverberates back to us, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. And like you said, if we're battling with um, concerns or health concerns or, yeah. or things we don't understand, we actually find a peace, don't we, yes. in worship? There's something remarkable. I think you can never outgive God. 
So we give to God. We, we bring ourselves, we bring all the ugliness, we bring all the, all the things we might think are not quite so ugly, which probably still are. We bring it all to him. And yet somehow, by making him the centre, he pours himself out on us and we receive peace, we receive hope, we receive life, we receive light, we receive joy by the, the power of the Spirit. I, I like to picture it as a fountain, so the praises go up and somehow the, the joy and the peace and the overflow of heaven comes down and as that comes down we pour our praises up and then it comes down again and we keep pouring, it's like something that just keeps happening. Um, and God is just so kind and I think sometimes we can misunderstand that worship is um, something we have to pretend or we have to put on our best clothes, you know, to, to come before God. And actually, he just says, come as you are, um, because he says that actually it's, it's at the throne that we find the grace. It's at the throne we find the mercy that we need because of what Jesus has done. So he says, come, come as you are, come to my throne, come and worship me, come and surrender, come and bring everything before me. And, uh, and as you encounter him, as you see him, you can't help but be changed. You can't help but know his love and revelation of who he is. Your your own mother battled with ill health. And yes. that was a challenge to you. Um, was your faith kind of tested? Yeah, I think um, I'm one of five girls. And my mum and dad became Christians after they got married. So they moved out to Australia. My mum became a Christian. And then a little while later, my dad became a Christian. So we're kind of first generation. And um, and we've grown up in a house full of Keith Green and, um, you know, Amy Grant and, and a very... A, a wonderful sense of of joy in God, and we've had times where my dad was out of work, and and we saw the church provide. We'd have door, you know, packages of food left on our doorstep, and so many moments where God had provided. And in this moment, um, we'd actually seen quite a few people of our family already pass through cancer, through different things. And um, it came to a crunch point for us. And I think everybody in your faith, you know, it's an ongoing journey, isn't it? Yes. Um, so you make your one-time commitment and then, the, then you continue to outwork that commitment. What does it look like? And so we hit this point where my mum was ill with cancer and um, she had to go into the hospital to have this mass removed. But when they went into the hospital, um, the mass had exploded, erupted. And so the doctor said, we scooped out as much as we can. Um, hopefully she'll be okay. Six weeks later, we were around her bedside. And um, yeah, it was very traumatic. My sister had to get married over that weekend. My mum was upstairs at home on a hospital bed, could have passed at any moment. My dad fed a video feed down to the garden. We set up a, a tent and my sister got married. My mum could see it. Um, and I, there are moments in that that I think will haunt me forever. <laughs> you know, yeah. images I can't watch strictly anymore because we had that on in the background on the Saturday night and I knew she loved it. I can't watch it anymore because of those moments. Um, but there was some really special moments within that where we got the Bible out and we read scriptures about our promises in heaven and about, you know, our earth and our, our earthly flesh fading, passing, but it's only temporary. 
and um, the promise of eternal life in Christ. And and when you see somebody passing in front of you, you know, you have questions, well, what does this mean? And what does the future look like? And, and where is my hope? And for me, I don't know if I ever doubted God, but I, I had, I definitely had the pain and the sorrow of knowing he's not going to answer that miracle prayer in the way I wanted him to. She was 56. She just, we, I'd had two kids at that time. All my sisters didn't have children at that point. You know, you want your mum around. I remember singing, uh, we were at church and somebody was singing, you're all I want, you're all I've ever needed. And I, and I stood in church and I thought, well, Lord, I know it's true, but I don't really feel like that right now. I really want my mum. My mum. <laughs> Which I think is an important thing, again, within our songwriting, is making sure that you have uh, songs that articulate the moments but can also be authentic for people to sing. And, and that song is essentially true. And so, but for me in that moment, it was like, oh, I, I can't actually sing that, Lord, because you're not really all I want right now. What I want is my mum. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and again, just God's not, God's not scared of you being real with him, bringing your sorrow. He, he cried, he wept. He knows what loss is. He, he knows what it's like to suffer. Um, and so it was a journey of recognising my place of understanding this incredible nearness of God, like in his in her room as we read these scriptures out and we sung songs around her bedside. Um, I've never known God as near as moments like that. That I, I knew His presence so close, even though I didn't want her to go. I didn't want this to be the answer. I also felt the love of God in a in a deep, deep way. And he was my comfort, that the scripture was my comfort in that moment. And um, of course, there are, if you've, if you've lost anybody, there are definite moments with grief where, you know, you hit, you hit these points, don't you, where it can sometimes take you by surprise or um, there's a, a genuine anniversary that you hit or it's a moment of standing with somebody and normally it would be both of them and it's only one of them and, mm-hmm. and you don't quite know how to talk about it or that sort of thing but I found that um, God's kindness and nearness in that moment was so special that even though I have to process it I have to weep with him I have to get cross with him I have to whatever it might be he's he's close through it all and God is good and he's good and there is promise and there is hope and I know that I'm going to see her again so when I sing there is a day uh, I, I picture I'm going to see Jesus and I'm going to see my mum. She's already making up the beds and making yeah. somewhere lovely for me to come and see and stay with her. Um, do I still have moments of sadness? Of course I do. Um, but there's that bit in, in the scripture where it says, you know, oh, death, where is your sting? It's been swallowed up in victory. But when you read the few verses before that, it actually says that when Jesus returns, that's when we feel the true fulfillment of that promise so we try and live with that victory but actually we still feel the sting because Jesus hasn't come back yet um so for me again that was a like oh that's why it hurts so much because we haven't actually completely seen the fulfillment of this yes Jesus has overcome yes he's won the victory but we're not quite seeing the fullness of that yet um so that was a it was very traumatic but I knew God's kindness in a deep, deep way. 
And what would you say to any of our viewers, Lou, who are struggling with similar issues at this moment in time? As mm. you look back, what would you say to our viewers? I would just encourage you to turn to Jesus and to turn to him because he says in the Bible that he is our comforter, that he is our hope, that we have this promise in him. And he's not going to leave us. He's not going to abandon us while we sort ourselves out. He's actually got this amazing invitation to come and allow him to carry you, to embrace you, to hold you and to keep you in this moment. And um, I just want to encourage you that God's love is far greater and his grace is far greater than we can possibly imagine. And he wants to, uh, he wants you to encounter that and to know that personally. We talk about worship, John, and mm. it, it's a personal it relationship with God. It's not just a function. It's not just a religion. It's not just an order. It's not even just a command. Actually, he says, come to me. It's to know him personally. And out of that relationship, we worship Absolutely, Lou. Yeah, so true. You gave me your journal just before <laughs> you, you came on the programme, uh, Bring It All to Jesus. And um, as I was just looking at this yes. um, before we, we started the interview, um, it, fascinating the layout of your uh, the way that you itemize the different pages, but you've put it in different sections. But the thing that was interesting for me as I opened it, yeah. the word that I saw was worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I think that's interesting. Why? Tell us about why you laid it out like this. Well, basically, the scripture in Philippians, um, in Philippians four, talks about how to pray to bring our thank, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You know, bring your um, prayers and requests to him, your thanks and praise and the peace of God passes all understanding will, um, you know, guard your heart and your mind in Christ. And it's like this whole way to pray every day is encapsulated in that scripture. But, but, but if you unpack it a bit, it's basically bring your thankfulness, bring your worship to him, bring your worries to him, because I think sometimes, again, we don't give ourselves permission we, don't, we feel like, oh, I can't let him know that because then he won't answer the other bits. Or I can't let him know about that worry because then, you know, he's not really going to believe that I really love him. But actually, he says, bring your worries to me, lay them before me. It's like laying your burdens to him, you know, and then but, as but, you do but that. But that comes after give thanks. Yes. So, so giving thanks, do you think that brings us into... Um, a place where we can then lay down our worries. Yes, absolutely. And I think when, we, when we're thankful, we suddenly remember how much we actually have instead of how much we don't have, which is sometimes how we can feel, isn't it? When we, and, and that thankfulness can be for the smallest, minutest thing, or it can be for many things in a day. And then our perspective can change. But it doesn't mean it's, it, we get a bigger perspective of God at that point as well. So it's like, oh, I can bring my worries before you now because I realise, ah, oh, this is who you are again. Oh, yeah, you are good. You are kind. You are sovereign. You are able. You know, you are seated in heavenly places and I can bring all these things to you. So I'm going to bring my worries. and, and then, But the worries aren't the same as the requests. Because sometimes we have things that we want to pray for, but they can be clouded by the anxiety that we can carry. Sometimes they can be the same thing. Um, so it's giving people permission to bring their worries and to bring their requests and then to also write down um, their answers to prayer. 
because sometimes we, we bring people to that point and then there's no place to actually show, oh, but you did that. Oh, yeah, I prayed about that and look what happened. Um, so that's really what the journal is for. It's just a, a general every day. I'm going to come and, you know, pour out what's burdening me and I'm going to bring my request to you and I'm going to worship you and I'm going to trust that your peace is then going to guard my heart and my mind in God. And is it quite cathartic actually writing it down and expressing it? Yeah, so I think lots of people um, would, I guess, unpack how they're feeling in different ways. Um, But there's quite a few people that would journal. So I would sit down and I would sometimes just sit and write down how I'm feeling. I'd write my prayers uh, to God. And so I I felt that having something that people could write um, how they were feeling is sometimes easier for people than saying it out loud um, so it's very it's very therapeutic to be able to just write it um, and I've, I've had lots of good feedback from people saying that's really helped them at different points because um, even sometimes taking a moment to think well what am I actually worried about you know who am I actually coming to ah oh, and you know and what do I actually need oh I need this and it just gives us time sometimes to just take stock think um, so yeah but what I like about the title is bring it all to mm-hmm. Jesus because mm-hmm. you could have said bring it to Jesus, yeah. but bring it all to Jesus. Yeah. So it's bringing everything yeah. to Jesus, yeah. uh, the major, uh, the minor. Yeah. Um, when we then bring it to Jesus, how do we leave it with Jesus <laughs> instead of picking it up and taking it with us? Well, that's the temptation, isn't it? It is. It's like, you can have this. I mean, it was like that with the beginning of lockdown. You know, you kind of go, okay, Lord, I thought you were, you know, I thought I lived like you were sovereign. And, and now I realise I still quite like to have a bit of control. So here it is. Here's my life. You can, you can decide and show me what to do next. Then three weeks into lockdown, you're like if I could just have a bit of that back, that would be really nice, Lord. You know, because we do have a tendency just to try and take these things back. Um, how do we do that? I don't know. By the, by the power of the Spirit, we have to keep training ourselves, learning how to do it. And again, it's about relationship. So if you know who God is and you're in relationship with him, then you trust him. You, you want to you, you know, you give him those things. And then you have to learn, you have to train yourself to say, right, it's staying there. Now, of course, as we've said many times, it's about a journey and we do sometimes take a few things back and then we have to go, oh no, I've got that again, haven't I? All right, I'll bring it back again. You know, again, God is patient, isn't he? He knows how many times we do these sort of things. It's like, Lou, just give it back. Stop carrying it. Um, And I think I got given a, a, a card at the beginning of last year and it said, um, don't worry, I've got you. And a lady gave it to me and said, I've really, I saw this card and I thought it was for you. And I said, oh, that's really nice. Thank you so much. Um, And then I realised as the years gone on, I've put it up in my kitchen that every time I begin to worry or begin to fret about the future or about finances or about my children or about whatever it might be. Oh, no, don't worry. I've got you. And so it's that thing of coming back again and again, isn't it? Resetting, resetting, resetting. We have to retrain ourselves. Um, But God's kind in that too. You know, he's really gracious. I want you to know he's really gracious. Absolutely. (laughs) He is. Thank you for all that you're doing, Lou. And thank you for joining us on Facing the Canon. Thank you for having me.
Lou Fellingham. I hope that's uh, inspired you. I hope that has encouraged you. And bring it all to Jesus. Everything. And leave it with Jesus. Thank you for joining us on Facing the Canon. Please join us again. You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media.